Tuesday at 9 o'clock in the evening. <sighs> this is a touchy subject for me. Um, my, my mother's birthday is coming up this Sunday. She would have been 94 if she would have lived. Um, I was very close to her and, and I, you know, even though she's been gone for five years, it just seemed like yesterday this happened. I've always talked about death of a, of a loved one, you know, whether it's a parent, a spouse, a child, whoever in your life that meant something to you and that you loved very dearly. She's an angel now with my father, but I always thought that she would be around for a long time, even after I, when it was my turn to get married and settle down, but she never got a chance to see that. Now I think back to all the conversations we had prior to her sickness and her death, and I said to her, Mom, how am I going to go on without you? She goes, you have to. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. You have to. People, again, don't stop living when someone dies. People go on. People go on. I mean, that, I mean, that death is a part of life. And I know that a lot of people don't want to think about it, but it is a part of life. I'm so immune to it. I've lost many people in my life, you know, in addition to family, friends, family friends, neighbors, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And a lot of people ask me, well, how do you get through it? Well, I think about the good memories, the good, the good times. I try not to focus on the bad, but with my mother, it was very difficult because before she died, she suffered. She suffered. She couldn't hold her head up. She had to have help. She was not the type of woman that wanted anybody to help her. She wanted to stand on her own two feet. It was hard watching her. We had, at some time, because I was afraid of her going down the steps. I always thought that if you get a house, you get a house with no steps. Because she was prone to falling. She fell down the steps, down the cellar. She fell upstairs. She fell outside. How many times I said, Mom, what happened to you? She even lost her balance. And sometimes when she would go upstairs, she would wear this heavy robe. And this robe would be so long, she'd trip over her own feet. I'm like, Mom, you got to be careful. Well, I remember one time, I was even right behind her. So she went to go up the stairs she lost her balance luckily enough i broke her fall she landed on me now i didn't break any bones thank god but i was just i said mom you have to be careful what happens if i wasn't behind you and you fell i remember the one time oh this was horrible we had just come back. This was like many, many years, even before, before she got sick, many years before when she was still young. I remember we just came back from being outside and we were getting ready to go. This is from downstairs in the cellar. She's ready to go up the stairs. Now she wore, and this is what the doctors and the paramedics said, she wore heels. 
So when she was going up the steps, first of all, she didn't hold on to the banister. There's two banisters on either side of you. That's what they're for, so you can hold. But somehow her shoe or heel caught at the time. The floor had something, something was sticking up and she lost her balance and she fell backwards and she tumbled. And she was like, she, I, I, by the time I got to her, she was laying on the floor. The way she, I didn't want to move her, there was blood. She hit the, the, the bottom part of the closet and the floor and there was blood. It was terrible. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And she wasn't moving and I panicked and I'm like, oh my God, I got to call 911. So I called 911, but she was trying to get up. I said, mom, no, stay where you are. The paramedics are coming. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, mom, you, there's a lot of blood because the back of her head, she hit up against the thing. And at first I thought, oh my God, I can't. And I, and I, I panicked and the paramedics said to me, you did the right thing. You did the right thing by calling us because if you hadn't, who knows what would have happened. So we got her to the emergency room. Now this is where it got a little tricky because, so they stitched her up. She had a, the, there was blood on the back of her head. She had bruises from the fall because she tumbled onto hardwood hardwood floor. So that's not, I mean, if it was carpeting, it's one thing, but she had a lot of bruises. So they wanted to keep her in the hospital just to make sure she didn't have a concussion of some sort. But my mother was stubborn, she didn't want that. So we stayed up until I forget what time in the emergency room. And I thought I had lost her that night because I still can remember her tumbling down the stairs and then there was blood and the blood was still there and I was like oh my god I was like and they thought and they believed that that was attributed to her wearing the shoes she wore a little bit of a heel the heel got caught and the fact that she wasn't holding onto the banister that would have or if I was behind her I would have taken the fall for her that's what I would have done because I didn't want her to break any part of her body any part of her bones I didn't want her to do that and so um That's why, you know, when I think back to that time, how many times has she fallen? Even when I wasn't home, she fell. You know, my mother, it was weird. Even though, and, and I remember she told me she was outside in the garden, in the bottom part of the garden in the front. I don't know what she was doing. She lost her balance and scratched her face up on, there was like a rose bush there in the, in the front thing. I'm like, oh my God, and there was nobody around. I said, there's nobody around to help you? She said, no, I managed to get myself up. I saw cuts and bruises on her. I'm like, mom, please be careful. I don't want to come home and then find out something bad happened to you. There's an ambulance in front of the house. I kept, I kept reprimanding her. Mom, please be careful. She didn't listen. She was stubborn in that sense. She didn't listen. So then, another time, I don't know how this happened. I was at work. So she went outside and there was a gust of wind and the front door blew shut. She couldn't get back in. So she had to walk around the driveway. And I guess at the time, I don't think we had a garage opener at the time. I think we put that in afterwards. But she was, she was sitting outside. She was sitting outside on the, in the, right on the wall. There's like a little wall where you could sit, right where the, the laundry, laundromat window was, right by the garage. 
and my sister was like calling her. She didn't bring a phone with her. And I remember the next door neighbor who lived before, the old neighbor that lived before these people that, before these people moved in, he said, let me, you know, he's, she said, he said, what happened? And he goes, oh, I, I went out and the front door just slammed shut from the wind and, I, and I'm locked out. And so he was kind enough to open up her garage, open up his garage and say, hey, if you need to go inside, you need to go to the bathroom, whatever you want, just go ahead. But my mother was the type of person that didn't want to do that in front of someone's home. You know, she didn't want to take advantage of that. So she decided that, okay, I'm just going to sit here. And she had gotten the mail. And, I, and my sister was like, have you been able to get in touch with her? I said, no. I said, I called and called and called and called. So then finally when I got home, I was like, Mom, what are you doing out here? She's like, oh, it's a long story. But she was nonchalantly reading one of my magazines that I got in the mail. And I was like, Mom, next time, make sure you bring your phone with you. We were trying to call... My sister was calling. Everyone was worried about you. Come on. You know, she did that. And it was a cordless phone, so you could bring it anywhere with you. That was the idea of getting a cordless phone at the time. So you could bring it with you if a situation like that called for it. But my mother was just comical, but at the same time, she was like nonchalantly leafing through a magazine and sitting on the wall. I'm like, Mom, you have me all worried here. Everyone was trying to call you. The line was busy. It was like... Again, you know, my mother has a notorious for, you know, worrying about me, you know, and I would always have to call her because she was very overprotective of me because I was her baby. And anytime, anywhere I went someplace, please call me when you get there, please call me when you arrive, please call me when you're late, she would call me when I'd be sitting in traffic. And at first I didn't understand why, and then I realized why she did that, because she was worried and she loved me, she cared. That's what parents do, they care. So then you say to yourself, well, that's what you're going to be like when you're a mother. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think I'm going to take it to that extreme, though. You have to let your kids grow. You have to let your kids, like, be kids. You know, like, my sister is the same thing. And I said to my sister, it's just the way you were with your kids. You would yell at them. I could hear you from down the block. I could hear you from all the way upstairs. Your voice carried. It, like, echoed through. Because she claims that her kids never listened to her. I said, your kids were good, and they did listen. You just had a way of not... You know, because my mother, my mother would step in. The grandmother would step in. And she goes, you got to learn to calm down, you know. Kids will be kids. You know, enjoy them when they're young now. But once they get to be older, you're going to wish that they were younger again. You're gonna, and now she has empty nest syndrome because of that. So, yeah. So that's why I say you have to be very, very careful. And nowadays, kids could get snatched off the streets. Why well, my mother, I think, protected all of us girls. She didn't trust anybody. And that's how, she, that's how it should be. If you think about today's world where kids are literally snatched, if you look away for one minute, one minute you look away and your child is missing, well, whose fault is that? That's your fault. Oh, but I was only, yeah, but that's all it takes is one second for your child to disappear right from under you. And I think my mother was right in keeping all her eyes. She had like, she almost had like eight pairs of eyes where she would just watch us. She would never let us go out anywhere alone. She would, she would just be the overprotective mother that she was. And again, I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. And I loved her for it because that meant that she cared. She cared. But anyway, um,
but anyway, um, it's hard to believe that she's gone. I mean, watching her go through her illness really cut right into me. And there were times when I couldn't watch her. There were times when she lost, she was hallucinating. She would see things. And I always believed in all the medication that they pumped into her. I said, you gotta be careful. She's an 88 year old woman. You're giving her all this medication. Look at all these side effects. She's hallucinating. She's seeing things. She thinks people are out to kill her. That, I remember this one time. That's two times actually. I remember, I think it was on a Sunday morning. I would always walk by her room and she would be lightly sleeping. I would tiptoe because sometimes the slightest thing she would be, you know, be startled. But she woke up one morning. Now I heard her footsteps. She went into the small room to look out the window. She always had that routine that she did. Then she came into my room and she was like, wake up. I'm like, what? She goes, now, I'm telling you, it was the drugs and the side effects. That's why I blasted the doctors. I'm like, what are you giving her? She is hallucinating. She thinks people are out to get her. She made me believe that an actor or a game show host by the name of Burt Comby did a game show back in the day. And, and the actress, Betty White, were out to kill her. Because she always had that game show on 24-7 when she was sick. The channel would always be on the same network. She wouldn't change it. And I don't think half the time she paid attention to what was going on around her. And I was like, oh my God. She's like, come on, come on. I'm like, what? Where are we going? She goes, we have to lock all the doors and the windows because he's coming. He's going to come to kill me. He's coming. I'm like, mom, calm down. Bert Comby has been gone for a long time. He's not here anymore. Bert, Betty White? I don't even know Betty White. She doesn't seem like the type who would, but in her mind's eyes, she believed that they were out. They were plotting to kill her. So she made me go downstairs. She made me lock the front door, the outside door, the windows, everything. I said, now we're all secure. Now no one's going to come and get you. We're secure now. She was convinced that someone was out to kill her. I said, there's something wrong with these drugs that you're giving her. She's hallucinating and thinking that people are going to kill her. What is going on here? I was furious. I said to my sister, I said, we have to do something. Because all the side effects were very bad. Then there was the one time I was sitting upstairs in the room with her and she was looking past me. Now, in the room that I have now, before it became my room, the room she had a, a bureau with mirrors. She had the whole set. So she said, I said, Mom, what are you looking at? She goes, there are people in the mirror. What? There are people. Don't you see them? I forget who she said it was. There's some people, some oh, like a priest and some women in the mirror. And I'm like, now I was afraid to turn around. Because I said to myself, what if I do see the things that she sees? I will be freaked out. That's how creepy that was. She saw them. And I said, I think it's these drugs. They're making you see and hear things that aren't there. But I wanted to play along with her. I said, she goes, go ahead, turn around. They're in the mirror. Look. So I turned around and I, and I pretended to be like, oh yeah, I see them, yeah. That was freaky. And then she had told me outside the bedroom window, because we're on the top floor now, okay? She goes, there was somebody hanging outside the window looking in, I'm like, what? Now I was afraid to turn around. I was like, mom, please don't say things like that. No, look, don't you see him? 
so I looked and I pretended like I saw him and I'm like oh yeah I see him who is he she goes I don't know but he's there look maybe we should open this is made, made me sound made it seem like she wanted me to open up the window to grab this person to bring him into the room I'm like that's how bad these drugs were. I said, you're giving drugs to an 88-year-old woman. She's getting bad side effects. She believes people are out to kill her. People are out to get her. Why would you give these drugs to an 88-year-old woman? Why would you do that? Why? I mean, I, I think about that all the time. And I say to myself, why did that happen? Then they did change the drugs. But I said, my God, what, what was in those drugs that you gave her? I mean, she was hallucinating big time. I was afraid to look behind the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I see people in the mirror. There was like some women, and then there was a, I think there was a priest. I'm like, okay, turn around. I believe you, mom. Oh, come on, turn around. And look, they're waving at me. It's like, okay. I turned around quickly, but I didn't see anything, but I made believe like I did. Oh yeah, now I see them. But why are they waving at you? I don't know, maybe they want me to come with them? Mom, I think you need to rest. And at one time, I, I one time, at one point, she thought I didn't believe her, right? So she was like, you don't see them, do you? You're just saying you see them. No, I see them. But mom, please, you need to rest, okay? It's been a long day. You need to rest. I'll come and check on you. So I went back downstairs. So she had fallen asleep. And I asked my sister, I said, I think those drugs I gave her, she is hallucinating big time. She's claiming people are out to kill her. She's claiming she's seeing things in the mirror and outside the bedroom window. I was afraid to turn around. That's how bad that was. So we went and we called the doctor and then the nurse came back. I said, you gotta give her something else because this, this, is, this is not good. She's an 80 year old woman. She's seeing and hearing things that shouldn't be. And if you're telling me that's normal, no, that's not normal. How do you feel someone said to you, there are people in the mirror? She actually believed there were people in there. I was afraid to turn my head around. I'm like, oh my God, what if I did see them? Then I would be the one hallucinating. Now my mother, before she was sick, she was very funny. You know, for a short woman at 4'10", she was very blunt. I mean, my father was blunt because that's how he was. But my mother, boy, it was if you ever watched the Golden Girls. She was like a little Sophia. You know, Sophia was Italian, my mother was Greek. Greeks and Italians are similar in the culture, the customs, the traditions, they're similar, they're in Europe. You know, it's that Mediterranean feel. But my mother had a sense of humor. And then the things she would see on television, I'd sometimes look over and see the expression on her face. It was like so comical. I'm like, mom, she'd just shake her head. Oh my God, you know, everything here in America was like, for her, the most bizarre things going on in this world. She goes, when I was growing up in Greece, we never had any of this, we never had any of this. There are certain things that they have over there that we have over here and vice versa. And then I said to her, well, look at, look at the people that live in this part of the world, they're stupid. They can't even pronounce my name. See, her name was unique, but I just found out something. I looked over at Social Security to see if there was a name that existed, her name, because her name, I don't know where she was, who she was named after. I said, how did your mother name you Androniki? That was her name, but everybody in the block called her Nikki. But she also had, we were the only two in the family that had the A initial. We were special. We had the A initial. Well, they say with people with A names have, I don't know, they're lucky or something to that effect. I don't know if I really believe that, but that's what they say. If you have an A in your name, you know, 
So she's like, you go alphabetical, you know. And I said to myself, so I looked up her name. Social Security had no record of her. So in other words, but when she was alive, she did have a Social Security card, but there was no record of it ever being in the world that there's no name that exists like that. But she had that name when she was alive. She had a Social Security card. Are you telling me that the na- that name is not recognized, that didn't exist? That's a slap in the face. So all the time that she was alive, you're saying she didn't exist? You know, that's really far-fetched. That's really far-fetched. Because there are not many people that have her name. I don't think there is another Andrew Nikki anywhere. If there is, I'd be so surprised. But as far as I know, she was the only one that had this thing in the whole wide world. I don't know from the village where she grew up, my father, if there was ever another person named Androniki. But it was a beautiful name. I just don't know. I forget what it means. It means something. I was looking up the list of names of what it means. I looked up at my name. I couldn't believe my name has more than one meaning. It's not just the goddess of love and beauty. It's the goddess of procreation and sex. I mean, surprise! Now you know we're Aphrodite with the derivatives of that word. Aphrodisia, aphrodisiac. Think about that. But um, getting back to my mother... We had a great connection with one another. We loved each other. We spent so much time together. She made me laugh. Some of the things that came out of her mouth, some of the things, her expressions, and all the things that we saw on TV, it was just, and she was a very warm person. She was very warm. She would be out early in the morning taking care of her garden. She took pride in both gardens. That's why I don't have, quote, the green thumb that she had. Um, I wish I did, but I, I just don't. I could see other people doing the landscaping, not myself, but she was very meticulous. She'd be up early in the morning, she would do what she had to do, and then and people would walk by, she'd have a conversation with them. She was very friendly, and, and then the day that my friend Mark made her that, you know, he, he captured that picture of that flower in her garden and put it in a picture frame. I mean, my God, when I came home, she was like a giddy little child. It was like, look, look what he did, look, isn't that great? And like, yeah, it's great. All I see is a picture frame with a flower, and he goes, but that's a flower that came from the garden. He, he went so far as to do that, and he presented it to her, and I told him that after years after she passed, I said, thank you for making my mother's day. She was so happy when you gave her that picture. I have it hanging on the wall. <laughs> you know, it's just, she was just so happy. She was like a little kid in the candy shop, you know, <laughs> or like a, a little kid on Christmas when you get a gift. My mother was just one of a kind. She was a great cook. She was just amazing and everything. And yes, we do look alike. I mean, I wasn't close with her growing up, though. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't, you know, both of my sisters, older sisters, were more closer with her. I was closer with my father. You know, I was a daddy's little girl. I, I, I spent more time with my father than I did with my mother. But then when my father passed away, then my mother and me became closer. And yes, we had our ups and downs. And yes, we had our arguments like any normal family does. And yes, she was very overprotective. But again, I didn't understand it at the time. Now I know. And I think that we should take a page from her book that it's good to be overprotective. You know, when you have children, you really have to watch them. There are some parents that are just 
you know, take their eyes off their kids and boom, the kids are gone. Then you wonder why, you know, what did you do that was so important that you couldn't watch your kids? That's why my mother, when she hears the horror stories of what, you know, kids go missing. And I always wonder, how does that happen? There's cameras all around. You would think somebody would, would know, would notice that the child is missing. But unfortunately, that's not the case. So that's why you think to yourself that, you know, her ideals should apply in today's world because it's gotten more dangerous. More children are getting kidnapped and are missing and they're never found. You'd be lucky enough to hear one happily ever after story of a child being found, but most of the times, nothing. It's so many years and sometimes parents hold out hope that their child would be found. I don't know if I can go through that. that that's like, you know, that's why I think I could be like my mother and be a little overprotective. Not too overprotective. I'm not talking about smothering them or anything like that. But, you know, overprotective to a point. Because I feel like that's important that you need to do that. Because nowadays you just don't know who's hiding around the corner. She always kept us. All eyes on us. But she was more overprotective. Even when I got older, she says, I'll always be overprotective of you. I don't care how old you are. I'm like, thanks, Mom. That shows that I love you. You want me to be the type of parent that doesn't care, that doesn't care what happens to you? No, I wouldn't do that. So you'll understand that when you're a mother. You will understand that when you're a mother. When you have kids of your own, you'll understand. Because again, life is so difficult sometimes. And life could be harsh, life could be cruel. But you know, I think to myself that there is you know, my mother always knew how to make, like if I had a bad day, she would always try to cheer me up. Or most of the times I was alone and she would make up for it. She didn't want to see anything bad happen to me. There were times she goes, I'm tired of seeing you upset. I'm tired of seeing you alone. And the fact that you don't have any friends, that bothers me. I said, nobody wants to be my friend. Nobody wants to be my friend. I could be friends with someone. It's just in the past, the friends that I've had were never around. And then when they were around, they weren't very nice. So you think to yourself, you do all of this stuff for someone. You think you'd get something nice in return. And it's the opposite. They treat you like you're gum at the bottom of their shoe. That's basically how I was treated in relationships and in friendships. So I stayed away. But it is gets lonely. I mean, I look at all the people around me that have friends. They say that you could die from a broken heart. I said, but my heart's already broken. The day that I lost my mother and father, they were the only two best friends that I had in the world. And um, I miss her so much. Um, there's not enough words to describe how much I miss my mother. I just wish that she was here. You know, I was very close to her. Even after we would go on these, like, little trips together or spend the holidays with family and the family would attack me she was the only one that really stood up for me she was the only one who understood how I felt everybody else was just not understanding of my feelings and my feelings were very hurt I believe that 
you know, the love of a mother, mother and daughter is strong, just like father and daughter, just like mother and son, father and son. I mean, parents' love is so strong, and if you're lucky enough to have your parents again, revere them, respect them, spend as much time with them, don't fight with them, don't argue with them, because one day they will go. You have to accept that. I mean, I always thought my parents would be around forever. When I was a little girl, I always believed that my father and mother would grow old together. That all three of us would be married by a certain time. We'd have our families, and then my mother and father would be alone, and they would do the things they wanted to, like travel, you know, spend time together. But it never happened that way. See, sometimes you think life's going to happen a certain way, and then something unpredictable happens, and you can't prevent it sometimes. You know, you could try to prevent it, but you know all along that that's going to happen to all of us at one point in our lives. The question is, when? I want to be able to do the things I want to do with my husband. Spend as much time as possible, because life is short. If you think of it in those terms, we don't have much time left. Always people say we have enough time in this world, but in all honesty, look how fast the years are going by. And every time you procrastinate, every time you make excuses, you're going to regret it. Because if something happens to a person and you said, I'm going to spend time with them, and then you go to see them and something happens to them, then what? And then I always wondered why I didn't have enough time, Mother. I loved her so much. She was... I've said I, I've, I've said I've loved her so many times, but I feel like it wasn't enough. And then when she got sick, I looked at her and I just... I couldn't believe the change of what she looked like when she was sick. Because I always said that, and she always said this to me. She goes, I never want to be in a world where I'm suffering. When you're suffering, your quality of life just changes completely. You don't, she never enjoyed any of the things she loved to do. She, not, she didn't want to watch TV anymore. She wanted to do the things that she used to do. Because when you're sick and you know you're dying, what's the point? You could try to hold on as much as you could, because I said to her, what am I gonna do without you? How am I gonna go on? How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna make it on my own? And she says, you will. You know why? You know why? Because you're stronger than you think. You know, everyone loses someone at some point in their life. And a lot of people say, that's the first thing they say is, I can't go on without this person. I can't go on. You will go on. Yes, you are going to grieve. Yes, it's going to hurt. It's going to take time for you to heal. But you will get over it. And you never forget that person. You have them in your heart. You have the good memories. The problem is with my mother, because I still, I dream about how she died. And I dream about how I didn't let her die at home in dignity the way my father. My father had a proper send-off. My mother ended up in the hospital. What kind of a... There's no way to die. You don't have enough time to say goodbye to your mother. When we went in to say goodbye to her, her eyes were half open. And her mother was like, Mom, Mom, please. I was like shaking her, please don't let her die, please, please. I was trying to get her to wake up, and I know that it was no, no use. Please, Mom, please don't let this be real. Please let this be a dream, and then when, when, when I wake up, she will be alive, and she will be well, like as if nothing happens. And I would just get so, oh, so boggled by that. That a part of me was just... I didn't know what to do. A 
that point. And I just prayed and prayed every time. And I said, please, God. But she had said she doesn't want to live this way. She goes, I don't want to live like this. Let me, let me ask this. And she says, let me ask this question of you. If you were in that type of pain, wouldn't you want to be released from your pain? You would. If you're in pain all the time and there is no other, what is it, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, that the, the light at the end of the tunnel, there's just darkness. So you say to yourself, if you're in that much pain and they're doing everything they can, but that's all they can do to save your life, or they're trying to save your life, but it's to no, to no use, you have to let go. So she wanted to be released from her pain. But I still blame myself for her death. And I know my friend was telling me the other day, a while ago, he goes, why are you blaming yourself? It's not your fault, because you don't understand. She was already dying. The night before when I was sleeping, she was already in the verge of dying. I wanted her to die at home, in peace, in peace. Not to have paramedics come in and try to try to stir her and wake her up. Because again, she wasn't fully awake. She was in, in two different worlds. She was in the land of the living, but she was closer to death. I saw stuff come out of her mouth. That was like another sign. She hadn't got up to go to the bathroom, so her kidneys might have started to shut down. If they had her in the ambulance, they wouldn't let me go back there with her, and they were trying to talk to her. A few times her heart stopped, and I'm like, oh my God. And then um, then we brought her into the hospital, and I brought her into the emergency room, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. And then my brother-in-law's sister came and go, she was in the ambulance. At one point, her heart stopped, then they got it back up, then they stopped again, they got it back up, and then they said, I think that's why they had the other ambulance, because they didn't know which hospital they were going to bring her to, but they brought her to her hospital where her doctor was. And then they brought her into the emergency room, and then one guy came out and says, we have her stabilized. Uh, it made it sound like the, they got her heart back up, and they were going to put her up into intensive care. But then 15 minutes later, I don't know what happened, her heart stopped again. They tried and tried and tried. And then the process, they broke her ribs. But she didn't feel it. But they broke her ribs. And they came out and they said, her heart stopped. We've tried many times. But we can continue. And we made no. I know my mother, she does not want to be in this type of pain. Just release her from the pain. Just release her from the pain. It wouldn't be fair to put her in that position. I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if she would have lived and if they would have put her in intensive care. She would have suffered a stroke. She wouldn't be able to talk. What kind of life is that? What kind of a life is that? That is a painful way to go. So they called the time of death. And then we went to say goodbye to her. I can never forget the image of her laying on that, on the stretcher. I was like, oh my God. And I kept having the same dream over and over again. I'm like, am I going to get through this for six months? Six months, I slept down here. I did not want to go upstairs. Even though she didn't die upstairs in the room, I felt uncomfortable because I could feel her presence. Her presence was there. So when we came back after the funeral, I didn't want to stay here. I was alone. Everyone had a place to go home. Nobody wanted to stay with me. I was basically alone dealing with this. And I kept hearing things. And I'm like, I don't know if I can stay here. And I said, I should have just, you know, at the time, I should have just, you know, 
decided to leave, you know, sell the house and maybe live in an apartment or something. And then I thought, well, why do that? All her memories are here. I didn't want a stranger living here. But now it's different now. It's been five years. What's the point of holding on to this house? I've lived here since I was two. I think it's time for a change. And wherever I go in life, my mother will go, my, both my parents will go with me. Wherever I make my new life at, my parents will be with me in spirit. Because I think my mother, before she died, she wanted me to have a good life. She wanted me to get married. She wanted me to have all of that. She wanted all of that for me. And I told her, I told her about the man that I'm with right now. And she says, look, didn't I tell you, you're gonna find your happiness. This is the final man that you're gonna be with. You guys are gonna be happy. You're gonna live a good life. And again, wherever you make your lives, you do it together. Because I had asked her, if I get married, do I have to stay here? And she goes, no, you don't have to stay here. You could just, you know, sell the house and leave. Of course, I can't sell it myself. I have both my sister's names on the house as well, but once I leave, I leave. I make my life somewhere new. And I'll be a happy person once that happens. Because right now, it's just very difficult staying here. Um, there's too much, too much here. I mean, her memories are here, but then again, the pain to watching her suffer. She suffered a lot. It was hard to watch her. It was hard to see she couldn't hold her head up. She was like crouched over. She wasn't the same person. She was different. You know, everything was so different about her. And I loved her for that. She was one of the, the, the women that I could really look up to that she was always right about everything. She had said to me prior to the relationship to Lynn, those three men are gonna hurt you. How? I don't know if my mother was psychic. I really don't know. It's like she knew, she had the premonition, like I had the premonition with my father two years before, but I had the same dream and I had knew that he was gonna die. I just didn't know what. See, people ask me, are you psychic? I said, I don't know, maybe. But I don't want to be because when you, see bad things happening to people you don't want to see them that's the problem and if you tell somebody this is what's going to happen to you no I, I don't want to be quote the bearer of bad news so I don't think of myself as psychic but I just had this I just knew who was on the phone who was at the door I just knew and I also knew sometimes what people were thinking it's like I can get into their head into their mind does that sound crazy? Maybe. But my mother was always right about everything. We got into fights and everything, and I sometimes feel bad, and sometimes I feel like I shouldn't have done what I did. But I miss her. As I said, her birthday is this Sunday, and it's just painful for me. She would have been 94. 94 she would have lived. But I don't know if she would have still been sick or she would have been not sick. Because I think with her hip fracture that she had, the hip fracture, then that think that if she wouldn't have broken her hip, I think things would have been a lot different. I think that complicated things though. I really believe that because she had a whole host of problems. 
so anyway so I'm paying tribute to my mother because again she would have been 94 her birthday's this Sunday she's an October baby Libra so I miss her so much but she's an angel now she's up in heaven with my father they got reunited again and so they're taking care of each other and all the people that are up there with them all the people that I lost so I love you mom thank you for giving me life thank you for always believing in me and loving me and I'm hoping that when you look up from up above and you see me down below getting married and having my own family and living happily ever after I want you to be a part of it but I know you can be a part of it in spirit you and daddy so I love you an early happy birthday to you in heaven thank you mom for everything I miss you I love you and you will always be in my heart thank you so much God bless you God bless you so I'm gonna say God bless to all of you if you have your parents wonderful and if you don't my condolences and if they've been gone for a long time well, they're up in heaven now. God is watching over them. And remember, all God's children, so he's going to take care of all of us. So God bless all of you. Stay safe. Stay strong. Take care.